0: The following audio is from the King's Chapel in Clifton, Virginia. For more information about our church or to listen to more sermons from this series, you can visit us online at thekingschapel.org. Welcome to the King's Chapel. My name is Brendan Jeske. I am the youth pastor here And uh, you might have noticed, and this has been said, that there are families missing today. And so um, you might also notice there are kids in the service this morning, which is great. And so we love having your kids in the service. If they're making a lot of noise and stuff, that's okay. Um, I don't intend to go super long. We'll see, right? 40 minutes, 50 minutes, just kidding. But we'll see. Classic joke, right? Um, But tonight, if you are a rising seventh grader or in... 7th through 12th grade, we're going to be at the Roberts House for Youth Group. Burrito Bash, Sarah Roberts, after family camp, was like, I'm going to make burritos for everybody. So uh, check back at the Connection Center for the address for the Roberts House or come see me and I'll give it to you, okay? Um, back at the Connection Center, you'll get that. And it has not escaped your notice that, yeah, there, there are no kids here. And um, we're going to just kind of go for it right now, okay? So this sermon title today is I Would Never... I would never. That's a phrase that I often use when I come before God. When I come before the Lord, I say, Lord, I would never fill in the blank. Or I will never. How many of you have said those, those phrases before? I would never, or, I will never. I will never do this again. We've used that phrase before. We've said those words before. And we come before the Lord and we make promises. And as christians we have the best of intentions when it comes to actually following through on our, our promises to the lord like I, I always am like lord i promise i will never do this again and then i turn around and do it again oftentimes the same temptations the same triggers the same things over and over and over again get us when you pr- repeat these same mistakes time and time again and we promise ourselves that we will get better that we will do better I will never do that again. I don't need help. I can do this on my own. I can overcome this on my own. I don't need to bother the Lord with this problem today. And the truth is, our spirit is willing to do those things, but our flesh, our flesh is weak. I have a tendency to rely on my own strength and without my trust and my ability to fall back on the Lord, I would be undone. I would be lost and I've fallen into bad habits. I've fallen into bad tendencies, promising myself, I will get better. I will do better, but doesn't. Apart from exposing the dark to the light of Jesus Christ, I will not get better. You will not get better. So let's expose some dark areas of our life in the light of Jesus Christ today. That's how it gets better. Darkness thrives in darkness. Light overcomes darkness. So this morning, we're still in the book of Mark. We're going to look back at some passages that we've already covered. um, And we're going to be laser focused on one person. Simon Peter. Usually the answer is, it's Jesus. Now it's Simon Peter today. And I refer to him as Simon Peter because he is in process. Most of us are in process of becoming the people that God has has called us to be. And Simon Peter is in process of becoming Peter, the rock. So we get to see that. We get to see this process. So allow me to set the scene as, as we go back and we look at this passage with a question, a question for you. How many of you have ever fallen asleep while praying be honest yeah. Wow yeah yeah me too <laughs> I fallen asleep while praying and I was actually um, as I was preparing for this one of my Facebook memories came up you know what I'm talking about those Facebook memories where your status of you're like why did I post that when I was in in college and so I had this status that was um, I was praying in college late at night and I fell asleep and the next morning I woke up and said in Jesus name Amen and I looked around, and I was like, it's morning. What the heck? Like, I just, I just prayed and then finished my prayer in the morning upon waking up, and then immediately was like, well, Lord, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. That was embarrassing, right? But many of us have done this, where we're, we're kind of going to bed, we're drifting off, and we're wanting to, to pray. And also, when, when I'm praying late at night, my wife usually falls asleep before me, and she's hit that deep REM cycle. And actually. Last night, she said, Brennan, I don't remember ever doing this because she she doesn't remember this, but I always wake her up and say, hey, Annie, we forgot to pray, knowing that she's asleep, and I'm like, Annie, let's pray, and then we'll pray. She doesn't know that, but we pray every night. (laughs) We do that. We have this this tendency of putting our prayer off until the nighttime, and we we don't give the Lord our full attention. We don't give him the reverence that is deserved, and we, we are weak. We're tired from the day, we're exhausted, and we just want to sleep, and we're trying to pray as we're laying down in our beds, and we're like, oh, my bed, it's so comfortable. And in Jesus' name, amen, it's, it's the morning. We all have this, this tendency. And I know many of us have wanted to pray late at night, but the flesh is weak from the cares of the day. We're tired, our eyes are heavy, exhaustion kicks in, and not great prayers, right? Those aren't great Prayers. At those moments when the flesh is weak, when we're tired, even me fall asleep while praying, our prayers aren't focused. Our mind wanders towards sleep and we begin to drift. And even when we do manage a prayer, it's rushed. It's rushed. Ending the night with a prayer is a good thing, but having a conversation with the God of the universe while you fall asleep is bad. bad doesn't prepare us for the day. The state that we find the disciples in is this state of exhaustion that Pastor Mark covered last week. They're trying to stay awake in the garden because Jesus is coming to them and saying, stay awake, stay alert, pray that you may not fall into temptation. And over and over and over again, you see them fall asleep due to sorrow, due to exhaustion, Simon Peter, in particular, has a lot on his mind. Jesus Christ has told him that he will deny him three times. So we're gonna pick up in Mark 14, 37 through 42 and see what's going on in the garden, and just kind of revisit that passage. So if you haven't been here, you'll hear it today. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Notice that. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed in the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Three times, Peter, the disciples, fall asleep. Three times they fail him. These are not the the denials that are to come. Those those will come. But I wanted to recap this picture of, of Simon Peter in particular as he's preparing for a very hard couple of hours. His preparation, he's not ready. And this will have repercussions as we see, as we read on in Mark 14, 53 through 65. And this is a big chunk of scripture. I'm not going to have enough time to go go through all of it. We'll leave that to Pastor Mark and other pastors. But uh, we're going to read through it. And I'm going to just focus in on Peter, right? Simon Peter. That's our focus today, okay? 53. And they led Jesus to the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. So note this. And Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And as he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire, now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death. But they found none, for many bore false witness against him. But their testimony did not agree, and some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands." And so they're coming at Jesus, and they're bringing false accusation after false accusation, and this is a sham trial, and we know this. We know this is a sham trial, and this is a very interesting point in Scripture when he says, are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Verse 62, and Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with clouds of heaven. And the high priest, he tore his garments and said, what further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy what is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him, to cover his face, and strike him, saying to him, prophesy. And the guards received him with blows. Jesus is in the middle of this this sham trial, and he declares himself the son of God. And recently, I've I've been seeing these videos that come across my Facebook and, and other things that are like Jesus never said he was the son of God. Well, direct them to verse 62 and ask them to explain verse 62. It says, I am, I am in response to the question, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds with heaven. And I don't have the time to go into that. There's a lot there. But we're going to zoom back out. And then refocus on the courtyard with Simon Peter. Okay, so Simon Peter has been falling at a distance. He's just chopped someone's ear off a little bit ago, right? There's been chaos in the garden. Disciples have scattered. And we always think Jesus, Jesus was all by himself. Jesus was all alone. But there are two disciples actually that follow Jesus. It's Peter and, and who is believed to be John. John have followed at a distance and they're keeping, keeping their, their uh, they're undercover and they're, they're following him. And his two closest friends, they summon their courage. Peter's words echoed in his head as he's going forward to see Jesus. Mark 14, 29 says this. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. When Peter makes this statement, I believe that he is 100% telling the truth. 100%. He, he's telling the truth. He believes in what he is saying that he will not deny his, his friend, his savior. He believes that in his heart. This isn't pride. This is belief. Even though they all fall away, I will not. I would never, or I will never betray you. Those, those phrases that I mentioned at the beginning, I would never do that. I will never do that. Simon Peter, at the arrest of, of Jesus, is true to his word. He's true to his word. He follows behind Jesus. He's, he's trying to get word of what is going on. He's trying to be there for his friend. Simon Peter is courageous. He is brave in this moment. He's desperately trying to figure out what to do to help his friend. So they're they're blending in. They're trying to figure out what's going on. John has connections in the court, and so he's trying to see if they can gain access to what is going on to the trial. And so this leaves Peter by himself, and it's a cold night. And so we know that Simon Peter is drawn to the fire. He's drawn to the warmth of the fire. And if you know anything about fires, people gather around them, right? It's not somewhere where you can hide. And there are three things that as we see in Peter, as we progress through the story, I want you to observe. Three observations of Peter. Number one, preparation. Preparation. Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times, came and found Simon Peter sleeping. Sleeping. His spirit was willing, but his flesh was weak. Do you think the fact that Simon Peter wasn't drawing close to God, wasn't relying on God, did that have an impact on what was to come? Absolutely, absolutely. He was not prepared for this night. The, the powers of darkness were gathering, they were coming in and he sleeps. Satan himself demanded to have him. There's, there's a passage in Luke, Luke twenty two thirty one 31 through 33, where Jesus tells him, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. Satan demanded to have Peter, to break him apart, to tear him apart, utterly break him down. But in verse 32, Jesus says this, but I, I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers Peter said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. So his preparation is lacking. What saves Peter isn't his own strength. It's not his lack of preparation. It's Jesus interceding for him, praying for him. Do you have friends? Do you have people in your life that are praying for you? Do you have friends that pray for you? Do you have friends that know your struggles, that know what you're going through, that will intercede for you? when your flesh is weak do you have those friends you can't do this life alone Peter trusts not in the strength of God but in his own strength and it fails him are you in prayer do you have that that quiet place that you can go to to pray with the Lord to be with the Lord where you're not laying on on your bed falling asleep late at night that doesn't seem like a very good place to spend time with the Lord and I'm guilty of this. I, I do this. I did this last night, actually. I was falling asleep and was like, Andy, we need to pray <laughs> in preparation for this. Do you have a place where you can connect with God? Prayer is our way of being in fellowship with our Lord, of talking with our Lord, and he desperately wants to hear from you. He desperately wants to build you up, to strengthen you, to encourage you, to equip you. Prayer is your weapon, and if you struggle with consistent prayer, change your habits. Change your schedule. My life is harder when I don't rely on the Lord, when I trust in my own strength, when I try to do it on my own, when I'm like Peter, when I'm falling asleep and I'm like, I don't need this. I can do this. Proverbs 3 5 through 6 says this trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your your path straight Simon Peter needs to go through this trial needs to go through these denials to strengthen him to equip him to encourage him to to be the person that Jesus has called him to be to become Peter maybe you're going through something right now maybe you're in, in process that it would be easier if you were in prayer. Did you ever think about that? That your life could be a little better, a little easier if you were in prayer? Maybe you're going through something right now that you need, to stre- you need the strength and the trust in the Lord that only comes from being with him. Preparation, lack of prayer, falling asleep, tired, worn out, not a good combination when we observe him, when we observe Peter. This is where we find Peter as he draws near to a fire. It's cold. He's trying to blend in. No one will notice So one preparation, two proximity, proximity. So let's continue in Mark 14, through 72. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came and seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you also were with the Nazarene, Jesus, but he denied it saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. That's the first denial. And he, he withdraws from the fire. He tries to get some distance from this servant, but it doesn't work, right? That's the first denial. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, this man is one of them. But again, he denied it. Second denial. Friends, do you know that those in Christ are are not meant to blend in? You're not meant to blend in. Simon Peter, he stands out. He has been with Jesus, and it is clear. It's clear that he knows Jesus from the way he looks, to the way he talks, to the way he acts. Do people know that you belong to Jesus? Do you change the way you act, the way you behave, to fit in? To blend in with the crowd, to go unnoticed. Peter goes to the extreme of, of cursing and swearing and using profane words. Because he knows, he knows a disciple of Jesus would never say those words. A disciple of Jesus would never act in that way. And so he's trying to blend in and fit in with the people around him. Wherever you are, are you being a light or are you adopting the world's? culture. Do they know to whom you belong at work, at your practices, at your family events, at your schools, wherever you may be, is there something different about you? Does the world know that you belong to Christ or do you you keep Jesus in a nice little box that you only pull out on Sundays? Let Jesus' light shine. Let his light shine. Let the world know that you belong to Christ. Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to who everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Peter was brave. In his bravery turns to pride. He hears what Jesus has to say and he doesn't listen. As he loses this proximity to Jesus, we, we notice some things. He acts different. He acts different. Who do you spend your time with you become like the people you spend the most amount of time with do you spend time in the word do you spend time in prayer if you do you will become more and more like jesus do you spend time in a community of believers If you spend time apart from Jesus, you're going to become less and less like him. And for the Christian, we are in a process of sanctification, a process of becoming more and more like Christ, who Christ has called us to be. Are you in proximity to other believers? Are you in proximity to Christ? Do not be ashamed of the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ, be the ambassadors that he needs because this world, this world needs ambassadors of Christ. They need light in this world. Preparation, proximity, persevere, persevere. The trial is over. Dawn is, is breaking. Jesus is being led away to see Pilate. And we know in Luke's gospel, we know that Jesus, as he's being led away, he locks eyes. With Simon Peter. He locks eyes with Simon Peter. He looks right at him. Having known what Peter was going to do, what he did do, that Peter had just denied him three times. You can imagine Simon Peter as he's locking eyes with Jesus Christ, as he has the, the bruises from the beatings that he's just received from the guards, as he's been led away, what that does to him. But what do you see in Jesus, you can see It's not condemnation in the way that he looks at Peter. It's not condemnation, it's love. It's an overwhelming love. And Simon Peter, his pride is is replaced with shame and guilt. And fear is replaced with sorrow. He knows he is unworthy of such love, such grace, such forgiveness. Like Judas, he breaks down and he weeps bitterly. But unlike Judas, Simon Peter perseveres. He keeps going he uses this experience to grow knowing that no matter what he does Jesus still loves him Simon Peter is in process aren't most of us most of us are in process he's becoming the rock he's becoming the the one of the foundations of the, the church a small part of it but a big part this will greatly influenced the man he is to become. And at this point, I want to, to fast forward our story kind of to the end. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, Jesus rises again. So uh, Jesus has been seen a lot. He's been seen after his resurrection. He's been seen in the uh, um, upstairs room. He's been seen by disciples. And this is a, an interesting story in the book of John that I want to to read because it has just such parallels to so the way Simon Peter was originally called, it's an amazing story where Jesus goes and he's sitting on the shore and Simon Peter is out fishing, doing what he was doing in the beginning. When, when Jesus first called him, he's out fishing. Jesus is on the shore and Peter recognizes Jesus. He recognizes him on the shore and he doesn't wait till the boat gets into shore. He jumps into the water and begins to swim towards Jesus. He is desperate to be with Jesus. It's an amazing picture and they have breakfast together so that's where we pick up okay john 21 15 through 19 and there's a there's a pattern in this passage that i want you to catch and you'll be like oh i got it <laughs> right away okay when they had finished breakfast jesus said to simon peter simon son of john do you love me more than these he said to him yes lord you know that i love you Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young and used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. and Another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show of what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Follow me. This morning we can learn a lot from Peter. Peter is is us, he is me, he's you, he's all of us. Jesus is meeting Peter in this place to allow him to reset, to repent, and to receive. Jesus is meeting you here this morning for the very same reason, for the very same purpose. You are not here by accident. So number one, the three things that we're going to take away from my sermon this morning, number one, reset, reset. Reset. Jesus' message is always one of repentance. Turn from what you're doing and follow me. Simon Peter, reset. Let's start over. Let's, Let's rewind this chapter. I know that you love me. I know that you care about me. And I know that you feel shame, that you feel guilt, that you let me down. Let's rewind. Let's reset. Let's start over. Number two, repent. Jesus makes all things new. Makes all things new. He erases Peter's denials and Jesus gives Peter the opportunity to repent. Do you love me? Do you love me? Jesus knows that he loves him with all his heart, soul, and mind. Simon Peter has repented and at this moment he is he's forgiven. He's given a new purpose you we have messed up we have pride we forget who we represent we say i will never do this again and then we do it we're broken we're prone to wander from our savior and he calls us to repentance and he calls us to grace this is a free gift it is a lie to believe that you are not worthy of forgiveness of god's grace you are reset Reset your life today. Choose to follow Christ. Step into the calling that he has placed on your life. Stand out. Don't blend in. Number three, receive. Jesus paid it all. As we'll see in the the coming weeks, Jesus paid it all. He gave everything for you. All to him I owe. After saying all these things, Jesus says, follow me follow me be close to me walk with me I want to extend to you grace I want to extend to you forgiveness do you love me more than these do you love me do you love me reset repent receive the band could come on up I'm gonna close in some prayer and then we're going to worship and respond to what the Lord has said today let us pray dear God thank you for today thank you for your word Lord thank you for Simon Peter that he became Peter that he became the rock Lord Lord I pray for any of those here that have have failed that have let you down that they feel this guilt that they feel shame Lord that they will just be forgiven Lord that they will ask for forgiveness Lord help us all today to have a reset reset our lives Lord Help us to repent. Help us to, to deny those things that are dragging us down, those things that aren't good for us, Lord. Help us to change our habits, the way that we come before you, Lord. Just to reset, repent, and receive, Lord. Help us to receive your goodness, your grace, Lord. Thank you for your son. Thank you for him dying on the cross for our sins, something that we did not deserve, and yet, and yet you gave your life freely, Lord. Thank you for that. Lord, I pray that today will just be a a call to change, Lord. Lord, you know our hearts. You know what we need. I pray that you will convict our hearts to change, to not be the same. Help us to step into the calling that you have placed on us, Lord. Help us to receive your word today. Help us to change our lives today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.